if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. On AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, indeed. And we get rolling now at 8 minutes after the hour of 9 o'clock on this Thursday, the 17th morning of the 12th month of the year of our Lord, 2020. And I've got bad news uh, for you this morning as we get started. And um, there's just no way to sugarcoat it. Inform your children. It's, uh, it's going to be a very, very lonely Christmas because there is no Santa Claus. Um, I'm sorry, but Dr. Anthony Fauci has killed him. Santa's dead. Santa will not be coming this year. Or if he's not dead, he's at least on house arrest. He's being quarantined. He's being isolated. He's not allowed to leave the workshop. Nope, Santa's not coming. Santa Claus is dead at least for the year. So, kids, apologies to you. Christmas is canceled. You didn't ever think Christmas could be canceled, did you? Well, you never met the grand poobah of epidemiology who is telling all Americans how to live because of a pandemic, telling all Americans what holidays they can and cannot celebrate because of a pandemic, telling Americans which services they can attend and which ones they can't because of a pandemic, eliminating religious liberty, is it really... A big leap when Dr. Fauci et al. have already canceled worship services all across the country, eliminated the ability for people to gather together and lift their voices unto the Lord, meaning sing, in numbers greater than 10 or 20, or depending on how big the church is, 5%, 10% capacity, if they're already limiting what we can do religiously on a weekly or daily basis, is it any big leap that they would cancel one of the two biggest religious uh, holidays, if you will, on the American calendar? And, of course, I speak of Christmas Day and Easter Sunday. Of course you're going to cancel Christmas. It's no big leap. The birth of the Lord? Yeah, Stay home, don't go to Mass. And by the way, on Christmas Eve, when you gather together before the day in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, 
Don't do that either. Stay home. There is no Christmas. I know it sounds insane, but Dr. Anthony Fauci has literally decided to cancel Christmas. And as the profound leader that he is, he is setting the example. Quote, I'm going to be with my wife, period. End quote. This is Fauci talking to the Washington Post regarding his holiday plans. The Christmas holiday is a special holiday for us because Christmas Eve is my birthday. I'm going to pause there and let that one sink in. The Christmas holiday is a special holiday for us, not because we commemorate and celebrate the birth of the Savior, Jesus Christ. And of course, that's for all Christians. That doesn't mean everyone celebrates the birth of Jesus Christ. But let's be honest as to what we are. We are a massive Christian majority nation, and we welcome in the spirit of brotherhood, everybody of other religions as well. But let's be honest, this is what we are. And the celebration of the birth of Christ in this Christian majority nation is not the reason why apparently Christmas Eve is important to the Fauci's. It's because it's his birthday. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Christmas Eve is my birthday. Christmas Day is Christmas Day. And my daughters are not going to come home, he said. That's painful. We don't like that, but that's just one of the things you're going to have to accept as we go because of this, uh, through this unprecedented challenging time. We have a big problem, he said. Look at the numbers. The numbers are quite dramatic. So Fauci says that regardless of how healthy you are, regardless of how healthy your children, your brothers, your sisters, your cousins, whomever may normally come over and have Christmas with you, stay home, he said. Keep your interactions to the extent possible limited to the members of your own household. This cannot be business as usual this Christmas because we're already in a very difficult situation and we're going to make it worse if we don't do something about it, period, End quote. On this point, Dr. Fauci and I agree. We don't want to make things worse. And by canceling our way of life at one of the most important times of every family's calendar year, the Christmas holiday, that would make things worse. That would make things much worse. There are people in various parts of the country, Fauci went on to say, who still believe COVID-19 is a hoax, that it's fake. Even when in their own state, the hospitals have been overrun with patients in the hospital beds and in the ICU. That's very unusual to see a situation like that, but that's what's going on in this country, end quote. Uh, No, Dr. Fauci, we don't believe that COVID-19 is a hoax. We believe that your extraordinarily outsized powers of persuasion, those are a hoax. Because you have done nothing to engender confidence in the American people that our scientific and medical leaders know what in the living hell they're doing. Because you have taken both sides of every issue having to do with the pandemic itself and with orders and responses and protocols in response to the pandemic. You have been all over the map. 
And now you're going to tell us that it's in our best interest to cancel Christmas? I, uh, I, I can't say for sure, but I think there are hundreds of millions of Americans who are going to disagree with that. But Dr. Fauci um, isn't new to this. This isn't his first rodeo in terms of telling you what to do and telling you what you can celebrate and what you can't. It was just last month that he told you to cancel Christmas. Do you remember that one? He told you to, or excuse me, Thanksgiving, beg your pardon. He told you last month to cancel Thanksgiving as well. Quote, it is a risk when you have people coming from out of town gathering together in an indoor setting. It's unfortunate because it's a sacred part of American tradition, the family gathering around Thanksgiving. But that's the risk. Given the fluid and dynamic nature of what's going on right now to the spread and the uptick of infections, I think people should be very prudent and careful about social gatherings, and it might be a risk to gather together for Thanksgiving. Now, let's go bigger picture here rather than just a couple of holidays. And I don't say that lightly, and I don't say that dismissively, because as I said, those are extraordinarily important holidays, in particular the Christmas holiday. Thanksgiving's very important as a family time, too, but there's less of a religious connotation to that one. But let's go a little bit uh, deeper. Let's, let's, let's look at the bigger picture as to what Anthony Fauci is really telling us here. And he's doing so apparently with the approval of multiple members, perhaps bipartisan members of elected government. Because remember, Fauci currently serves on the president's White House coronavirus task force. In other words, he works for President Trump and the team. Technically, Vice President Pence, since he's in charge of it, but okay. And he has already been acknowledged as staying on in a role like this with Biden when Biden takes over on January 20th, which it's looking more and more by the day is going to happen. So he is has the support of many Republican leaders, and many Democrat leaders, which should trouble you when you hear him say things like this. I gave you the Thanksgiving and Christmas specifics, and I said, let's go big picture now. This is the big picture. This is what controlling people out of fear, controlling people based on medical conditions, scientific or quote-unquote health crises or health emergencies. This is what it can lead to. Simple and direct. Anthony Fauci from November 13th, so just slightly over a month ago. Big picture. I was talking with our UK colleagues just today who were saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. You did not misunderstand that. You heard it correctly. This is not a time to do what you want. This is a time to do what you are told today, who are saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit, but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. 
of we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. We don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. We don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. That was not a record skipping. That was not a computer glitch. I wanted to play it five times in a row because I want it to echo and reverberate inside your head. I want you to understand what the big picture here is. If we can sufficiently scare the population into hiding in their homes, strapping paper or, 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 or cloth to their face, if we can use a health crisis to condition people into doing what we tell them once, then it's what we will be able to do anytime we please. There are times in our lives, Anthony Fauci representing the federal government and representing quote-unquote science, trust the science, believe the science, it's all about the science. The head scientist says, do what you're told. Do what you're told. But we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. I, I, I heard that actually for the first time on Tuesday, and I saved it. I was going to do it yesterday, but we were in other, other areas, and I can't let it sit any longer. This was Dr. Anthony Fauci. It was on C-SPAN. It was on November 13th. And he isn't just saying cancel Christmas then. He isn't just saying cancel Thanksgiving then. He's saying do what you're told. When we tell you to do it, do what you're told. I, I've got a, I've got a, I don't know about you, but it, it makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It concerns me when somebody's going to tell me to do what I'm told in the interest of health. Do what you're told because health. Uh, is is of paramount importance, and if you care about your fellow man, you'll do what you're told. Because if they can do that to us now, conditioning us with masks and with lockdowns and business shutdowns, if they curfews, if they can do that now while a pandemic's going on, what stops them from doing it in a very particular serious flu season? What stops them from doing it, eh, you know, global warming and climate change is harming a lot of people. Do what you're told in the name of health. I understand people have a liberated, independent spirit. How did he phrase that part? He said uh, the U.K. and the United States are similar because of our spirit. Similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit. There it is. You may have an independent spirit, but we want you to quash that now. Sorry, suppress your independent spirit and do what you're told. We don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. How do you feel about that? 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Do what you're told, plebes, to borrow one of Tucker's favorite lines or favorite uh, terms. But that's really what we are. That's how they view us. 
do what you're told. And if you do what you're told now, we will take that as a an indication that you'll be willing to do what you're told every time we tell you to. And my friends, that is a direct threat to our republic. We'll be right back. So that you don't think that it's uh, you know just one doctor who is out there in a power trip and who's mad with his uh, you know with his own ego, um, it's not just Anthony Fauci. This is this is the reason this this is so concerning to me and should be to you as well. This is what the medical community and the scientific community thinks. They are taking over. They are taking over. They are technocrats. And they're taking over. They will do what you, or excuse me, they will tell you what to do because they are the experts. They have all of the knowledge and you know nothing. And if you have to surrender some liberty um, in order to protect health, not necessarily your health, you could be perfectly healthy. But if you have to surrender some liberty protect to protect public health, well, that's just what has to be done. I gave you the Anthony Fauci line. Now let's go to Dr. Vin Gupta who is uh, identified as um, a medical analyst for NBC News. He's on MSNBC and NBC all of the time. And he is constantly telling us exactly how to live our lives in response to this pandemic, and he makes no bones about surrendering your freedom. In uh, or on Meet the Press on Sunday, maybe you saw this. Hopefully, well, I shouldn't say hopefully you did because I don't watch Meet the Press. I find out this stuff after the fact. But on Sunday on Meet the Press with uh, Chuck Todd, Dr. Vin Gupta said that individuals who plan to travel for Christmas or for the holidays, in a similar way to what Anthony Fauci said, uh, they should not be considering such things. Quote, just for your viewers out there, I know one of the officials we just saw getting vaccinated is planning on traveling after the second dose. This is a source of confusion. This is one of the misperceptions out there. Just because you get vaccinated with that second dose does not mean you should be participating in things like traveling in the middle of an out-of-control pandemic or that you're, wait for it, liberated from wearing masks. You are not yet liberated. If you Even if you take one of these vaccines, one of these unproven and quite frankly, potentially dangerous in terms of long-term side effects that are unknown because we haven't had a long-term pass by yet. Even if you take one of those vaccines, the Pfizer brand, the Moderna brand, and by the way, does it confuse or concern anyone else? I don't know I'm kind of chasing a squirrel here, but does it concern or, or confuse anyone else that there are two different types of vaccines that will both be effective on the same virus that Pfizer, working totally and completely independently of Moderna, and Moderna working totally and independently of anybody else, both came up with at the same time an unbelievable occurrence, this, this unstoppable pandemic that we have found a vaccine and there are both two different kinds? 
how does America know whether they should get the first one or the second one? The Pfizer or the Moderna? The Moderna or the Pfizer? Apparently both of them are different because they each have different plans, each of them filing for emergency authorization by the FDA, and they're getting it. What are you getting? But I digress. That's chasing the squirrel. The point that I'm trying to make here is that even if you take one of these miraculous vaccines, according to the experts, the technocratic doctors, you are not liberated. What is liberated? What What is the root word of liberated? I believe it comes from liberty. And what is another word for liberty? That's right, freedom. You are not yet freed from your masks until we tell you you are. They're literally telling us you don't have liberty. They're liberty, liber- literally telling us you must do what you're told. And I got a big problem with that, friends. You give them that little inch, and they will take a country mile. Coming up after the news, we're going to talk to Jack Windsor. We haven't talked to Jack in a while. Ohio Star, managing editor, WMFD Television, and enemy, enemy of the apparently the rest of the mainstream press. Jack Windsor will join us next on AM 1420 The On AM 1420, The Answer, uh, our next guest, or our first guest of the morning, um, wow, uh, <laughs> he has had an impact on the way uh, the Ohio government elected officials, including Mike DeWine, and especially Mike DeWine, um, the way that they uh, present their their protocols and their orders. Jack Windsor has almost single-handedly forced the government to actually answer questions that the rest of the sheeple media refuse to answer. That's why they hate him. And that's why, as much as I guarantee you, Mike DeWine, if he were strapped to a polygraph, would admit that he hates Jack Windsor, the mainstream media in this state hate him just as much. Um, and I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not even uh, exaggerating on that. There's an article that has been written about uh, Jack Windsor that is incredible. Um, Jack Windsor should no longer be allowed, says the article, to cover the uh, governor's press conference. The governor's press conference is plural. And the reason why the argument goes is because he tweets things that they don't agree with and he asks questions that the governor doesn't want to have to answer. That's essentially what it comes down to. So the uh, the article, which was on ColumbusLive.com, reasons Governor DeWine should bar Jack Windsor from future press conferences is what we're going to talk about with Jack Windsor. And I'm not sure if he's on the line yet. I'm kind of waiting for confirmation on that. Do we have Jack Windsor there yet? Okay, thank you. Uh, Jack Windsor, a reporter who started covering the press conferences of the governor for... Um, uh, for WMFD Television down in Columbus. He is now also the managing editor of the Ohio Star online newspaper. Uh, Jack Windsor, good to have you back. How are you, sir? Bob France, I'm super. Uh, thank you for having me. It's always an honor to be with you. Thank you for choosing me. Well, absolutely, Jack. Uh, but I'll tell you what, not too many other people are choosing you. I, 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 do you think the governor hates you? 
Uh, and I mean Absolutely. that. If you strap him to a polygraph test, we see his eye rolls every time you are queued up for a question. We see his eye rolls, and then we hear his kind of dismissive ignoring of your questions. I wonder if you think he literally just hates you and wishes you would disappear. So there was one, there was one point in, in a presser where we had kind of this back-and-forth dialogue. And for a moment, I thought, you know what, he respects me because I come prepared. And, you know, he's a he's an attorney, trained attorney, former prosecutor. And, you know, prosecutors, they, they prepare for cases, right? They gather evidence, they present a case, they make an argument. And so uh, I thought, you know, maybe this guy respects me a little bit. Um, no, I, I, I think that I'm probably uh, on the list of people least likely to get a Christmas card from Ian Fran. All right. Now, having said that, at least he allows you to appear. At least he he knows you're going to grill him. He knows you're going to ask questions he doesn't want to have to answer, but he allows you to do it. I want to get your response, Jack Windsor, to, and I know you gave a pretty good response, a pretty lengthy response on your Facebook page, but for our audience now, your response to the call by some members of the media, some of your fellow members of the media, even though they don't consider you one, they don't consider you a journalist, they consider you a right-wing activist, they consider you, consider you quite frankly, dangerous uh, to the to their agenda. Um, they are writing articles about you saying that Governor DeWine should bar you from any future press conferences, in in part because of your very difficult questions that the governor doesn't want to have to answer, including uh, questioning the statistics that they quote, questioning the numbers on the Ohio dashboard, questioning the way they are presented, et cetera, et cetera, but also because of some of the things that you say on Twitter and on social media. So. Jack, give give us your response to the suggestion by some in the supposedly credible journalistic world um, that you should you are not a part of the journalistic community and you should not be a part of these press conferences. You know, Bob, one of the questions I'm almost always asked when interviewed uh, on the radio or uh, speaking in person is, "What is your relationship like with other members of the press, and how do they treat you?" The article that you just mentioned. Uh, and a tweet that I'll mention, I, I tweeted something last week, and I literally said this, you can vote your way into socialism, but you'll have to shoot your way out. And then parenthetically, I said, illegally vote against state election laws. Um, and then I said, I never thought I was the gun and war type, but if duty calls. So that apparently, to my peers, made me an insurrectionist. And uh, so I posted a retweet on my Facebook page, uh, and then the story that you mentioned. And, you know, their opinion of me is none of my business. That's how I usually handle it. However, it is unfortunate. Um, I've always said that I admire my peers regardless of their bent or style because they work very hard. But I've never lied about the fact that major newspapers from day one have taken shots at me, directly or indirectly, assaulting my character, qualifications, beliefs, and thoughts that I share on social media, and some of them take great joy in Twitter fights, trying to cancel my voice, demean my character, and I've received the same treatment. We talked about it on your show from one of the major national newspapers. Um, but, you know, here's here's the thing. Other than one instance, Sorry I about can the New remember. York Times. For, the, for those who didn't see it, yeah, the New York Times came for Jack Windsor. The New York Times came for Jack yeah. Windsor uh, covering Ohio press conferences on the coronavirus for WMFD television. This was enough for the New York Times to take on for, for reasons that are still uh, unbeknownst to me. But anyway, continue, please. Well, and, and, and the writer of the article on me is the same gentleman who was at BuzzFeed that released the fake uh, Steele dossier story uh, that 
caused Donald Trump four years of hell. Um, so other than one instance I can remember, criticisms always center on the idea that I'm not classically trained, that I'm a business owner, and that I lack qualification. But here's the thing. I don't remember uh, anybody picking up the phone and calling me um, to ask about the 80-plus articles I've written on the state's response to COVID and other issues, peripheral issues, um, and to ask questions to better understand the questions I'm asking the governor or the articles I'm, I'm putting out. Um, and here's, here's the thing. I, I, I'm not bashful. I never have been. I believe in the First Amendment, and I believe in the right of free speech and free press. And, and the fact that I'm a member of the latter, of the free press, does not mean that I cannot speak freely. Now, some people would disagree with that, and I could be wrong about that. I'm wrong a lot. I just don't think that I am. Um, my quote about socialism that caused this whole storm in, in my tweet, it's so common, it's almost trite. I don't own that quote. Anybody that has uh, studied political history or you know economic history, uh, they understand that socialism is something that is a, a rest stop on the way to communism. And if you look back historically, name any country that, that got into socialism or communism that got out with some, without some sort of internal strife, scuffle, you know, or war. Uh, it doesn't happen. And so that's what I was saying. And, you know, my comment about war. Well, and let's, guns, let's hold on. Hold on, Jack. Let's bring everybody up to speed here just so they yeah. can hear the exact quote uh, that you that you yep. put on Twitter. And like you said, you don't own it. Uh, yep. and they even recognize that. And I and, and, and kind of use that as a reason to criticize you. They're essentially saying you're plagiarizing somebody else with this terribly dangerous quote. So let's let's bring everybody up to speed on this. Um, you tweeted on let's see, the 11th, so six days ago, quote, you can vote your way illegally against state election laws into socialism, but you'll have to shoot your way out. Never thought I was the gun in war type, but if duty calls, ellipsis, that's your quote. Now, they wrote on Columbus Live, the reporter at Columbus Live who's coming for you, I guess it's Andy Downing, the editor of Columbus Live, uh, essentially said that that was dangerous. Um, first, he calls you peculiar. You're a peculiar presence at Mike DeWine's press conferences, and that's one thing. You shouldn't be allowed to espouse, quote, the right-wing falsehood that the election has somehow been stolen from President Donald Trump. And more importantly now, with this tweet, you first of all stole it, they said, or at least they gave credit to Tyler Buchanan on Twitter saying you copied it from Representative Chris Jordan, uh, who tweeted something very, very similar. And that's what makes it dangerous. Quote, the Twitter post covered above should be the final straw. Windsor can claim deniability and say that he's merely stating his constitutional freedoms, but the underlying message is the same kind that fueled recent terrorist plots, such as the foiled kidnapping hatched against Governor uh, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. There's little doubt that Windsor has complete awareness of the audience with which this tweet will resonate, as well as the reasons the message connects. Jack? These nuts are essentially saying that you're trying to prompt or or begin some sort of terrorist plot in the state of Ohio, or maybe beyond that. Your response? Yeah, hardly, hardly. Does it equate to a call to arms? No, it doesn't. Insurrection? No. Again, I I I wrote that tweet, um, particularly the part about socialism. Again, it is so common that it's trite. I I guess I should have said, hey. Let me do my research and figure out who said this 30, 40 years ago. Um, but no, what I'm doing is I'm wondering um, in that moment, 
if I were to get to the point um, as, well, first of all, let me go back. My job as an American is to be an informed citizen and to defend our constitutional republic if it is ever threatened. I believe that. I believe that's my duty. Do I believe that calls me to go to war in an extreme situation? Probably. I, I believe it, it requires me to do the work that I'm doing right now. I believe that it requires me to get educated about who I'm going to vote for at the ballot box, although we should all be pretty alarmed that our votes at the ballot box may not even be valid anymore. But what I'm saying is I'm wondering, you know, the ellipses is me going, if duty calls, what would I do? Because if I had to enlist to defend the republic against socialism or worse, Marxism, uh, communism, would I do it? I think that that's going to be a question that we're all going to have to answer in the years ahead. I really do. And I believe that it would be my duty to defend. That's not me causing an insurrection. Now, to be clear, Jack, what I'm hearing you say, and, and maybe what I feel as well, is that if called to serve in an army, in, 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 a, in, a, in a manner of defending our free republic, our constitutional republic, against an attempted yes. insurrection by those who do not believe in it, would I take up arms? The answer to me, and it sounds like to you, would be yes. That doesn't mean... Every Yahoo goes and grabs their their daddy's shotgun and 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 just starts you know shooting people who disagree with them because I think in this culture in this world in which this country particularly where the Second Amendment issues have been battled and there's you know new calls with Biden coming in for more gun control he's going to appoint Beto O'Rourke as his gun czar to take guns from the American people we're not talking about individuals going out there and quote shooting their way out of socialism we're talking about if called to serve in our military to defend our country against being overtaken by radicals who do not believe in our Constitution, would we do right. it in such a responsible manner? And that, I think, is what you're saying, and the answer would be, yeah, I think we should all consider that. We should, we should all consider it, and, and, and really um, think about our duty as Americans. Um, you know, a lot of people had to do that at one point or another uh, in their lives to give us the privilege that we have now in this country. You know, the other part that's interesting, and I, I included this in my, in my Facebook post, and I got to be upfront about it. I don't know if any of my peers covered this, but they're you know terrified that I'm causing an insurrection and, and promoting violence, which I'm not. Um, but you know there was a there was a post on on Facebook that was uh, posted to how things work at the Ohio State House um, by a local what I'll call activist. And literally, I want to read this to you verbatim. Okay. Quote: January has been declared Brick a Republican Month. Find a brick. Pick it up and throw it as hard as you can. Treason has consequences. Now, I'm just curious why folks around the state house in the press corps are silent on that. That, to me, is a targeted threat. Me saying, hey, you can, you can vote your way or have, you know, votes stolen or, you know, a, a, a shady election into socialism so you have to shoot your way out. Uh, that's not a targeted threat. Uh, but here we have somebody who's literally making a targeted threat against against Republicans. And oh, by the way, I believe um, Biden, who has his you know quasi office set up and he's already appointing. I understand yesterday that um, he already has somebody in his cabinet who's bad mouthing Republicans. So, um, again, this has nothing to do with me causing an insurrection. This has everything to do with me not going with the narrative and asking questions that other people aren't asking. They're sick and tired of it. I don't know why. I don't want to guess why. Um, but it's another attempt to cancel me 
to cancel my voice and to get back to, you know, what I would call calm waters during the press conferences so we can all, uh, you know, all be on the same page and ask questions right. like, why don't we have more restrictions? Um, what are you and Fran going to do for Christmas? Those types of questions. Yeah. Jack, I've, I've got to get a time out here. Can you stick with me for about three, four more minutes? Sure. All right, I want to talk. I want to shift gears and talk about Senate Bill three eleven um, because you are again at the center of uh, a bit of controversy here. Um, and uh, Attorney Tom Renz, whom we have spoken with numerous times, he of course is uh, leading Ohio stands up uh, against these tyrannical COVID orders in the state of Ohio and filing a lawsuit. He is quoting you this morning, and I want to get your response to that. Uh, Jack stays with us for a couple more minutes after this. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, 9.54. I've got Jack Windsor here for a few more minutes before the top of the hour. Dr. Everett Piper comes up after the top of the hour. Jack Windsor, uh, this actually mistakenly said this was a tweet. This was a Facebook post that Tom Renz has shared in an email this morning. Tom Renz is, of course, the attorney representing Ohio Stands Up, and he is talking about Senate Bill 311, as you did in your uh, in your Facebook post. Quote, this is your post now. A Cincinnati hospital is asking workers to send messages to members of the General Assembly urging them not to override the governor's veto of Senate Bill 311. From a health care employee in Cincinnati, I work at a Cincy hospital, and they put out an employee notice asking us to email and contact reps urging them not to override DeWine's veto of SB 311. All right, Jack, uh, in Tom's message, by the way, in the email is to say, this is going on, you need to do the opposite. We, as Ohioans, need to do the opposite, and that is contact our representatives, and most specifically, Speaker Bob Cup and Senate Leader Larry Obhoff, because today is pretty much the last chance that we'll have to override SB 311 and give the people a say in what uh, decisions are made in the name of uh, health in this state. So, Jack Windsor, how do you respond to uh, to all of that? Uh, so I did receive the uh, direct message that Tom quoted from a worker in a Cincinnati hospital. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I will not confirm whether that worker or where that worker works, but I will then also say, so period, hard stop there. I will then also say that um, I received um, screen graphs or pictures of email messages from Cincinnati Children's Hospital um, that are doing exactly what this other person indicated. It's, they're encouraging their employees to reach out to members of the General Assembly uh, and encourage them to not override the governor's veto on Senate Bill 311. Um, do they have the right to do that? Maybe. Um, I just think the optics on it are, are pretty bad. And you're right about Senate Bill 311. Today is the day. And, uh, look, I don't, I don't want to throw... Um, you know, uh, a, a wet blanket on, on the party, but I just don't see um, the Senate taking it up, having the discussion, and getting the affirmative votes that they need today to get it over to the House. There seems to be a ton of pushback now. You know, uh, Abhoff came out a couple of weeks ago, puffed his chest up, and said, I've, we've got the votes, and I promise we'll override it. Um, that's and right. All that's, all that's happened between then and, and now is that he's met with uh, – either in person or on, I would assume, on the phone because he's, you know, hiding in his basement at his farm. Uh, he's talked with the governor, he, he and Cup both. And then it turned into a, a negotiation about, well, 
we might decriminalize um, people or, or, excuse me, violations of these uh, Ohio Department of Health orders. Well, that's interesting because Senate Bill 55 would have decriminalized uh, the behavior as well, but he vetoed that. And uh, I believe I, I've got to go do the back and do the research. I've already done it once. I just can't recall it. There's already a judge that came out and said, you can't criminalize non-criminal behavior. It's unconstitutional. Right. So now we're squabbling over something that we should already be afforded by the Constitution. And if that's where they settle, it's going to be extremely disappointing um, for many, many, well, yeah. many, many Ohioans. It's more than disappointing. It's dangerous. It's 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 killing people. You know, we we've covered this, and it continues to be true. People are dying of isolation. People are dying of suicide. People are dying, or people are committing domestic abuse, drug abuse. All of these things caused by these extraordinary restrictions that have been put on by a quite frankly, you know, uh, a tyrant. And I say that only because he refuses to allow the other two co-equal branches of government to have a say. The judges have said what you're doing, uh, Mike DeWine and health director, are unconstitutional. They just file appeals and keep right on doing it. The legislature has passed uh, bills like 311. He vetoes it. So he's essentially saying, I'm unilateral. I am all-powerful. I will make the doggone decisions around here. And uh, so it's dangerous, quite frankly, for uh, the Ohio General Assembly to to allow that to continue. There's one way to stop it, and that is for Larry Obhoff to man up and stop being so doggone selfish and looking at his, his future career after his Senate term is over, perhaps working in a administration or in a judgeship type of a role. Oboff needs to grow up and get it done. And then the same thing with Bob Cup, who took over for Householder. Why haven't you put in place the, the you know, and had a vote to allow the uh, rules to be changed so people can vote virtually in the face of a pandemic? Because that's the excuse they're using is we don't have 15 or 16 uh, Republicans who are even in the uh, state house or able to come to the state house because of COVID. Both of those guys are completely complicit here. They're the reason why those of us who are conservative call them rhinos 100 percent, 100 percent. i know we don't have a lot of time i would go into my yeah. bob cup story about the speakership but the bottom line is this my understanding after a conversation with representative john cross is that is, is that cup could keep the role open so uh, i know for a fact uh that the senate voted on bills last week and somebody who was compromised pulled up into the parking garage somebody who is uh, recommended to be quarantined because they were exposed. They weren't sick. But that, that senator drove up in a car. Somebody went out and took the vote. Now, those things can happen. And if you're serious about getting things done, you make those things happen as a leader of the people and the leader of your party. I have seen jellyfish, weak-kneed leadership from both Bob Cup and more so from Larry Obhoff. And I've seen citizens, average Joe and Jane, American citizens, work harder on getting this legislation across the finish line than these two paid representatives. I think that is well said, and uh, I think you just insulted Jellyfish when you described uh, those two individuals. Thank you, Jack Windsor. Uh, listen, I know you've got a lot going on as well with the, the very difficult incident down there in Columbus that you're working on covering uh, regarding a police-involved shooting. Uh, I look forward to talking to you again uh, when you're ready to publish on that. Thank you, Jack Windsor. Thanks, Bob. Have a great afternoon. Bye-bye. 10.01. We'll take our news now. Dr. Everett Piper next. AM